Hello and welcome to The Leaderverse. I am so excited for today's conversation, y'all, with your hosts, Drew Lee, Lucas Sheradin, and me, Jesse Button. You guys, we're talking about how the limitations that you're putting on yourself today are preventing you from future growth. We're talking about how inauthenticity is leading to your exhaustion. And we're talking about the reason why we're having a different conversation around leadership. Welcome to the Leaderverse, you guys. So Lucas, I need to ask you a question. Why are you doing this Leaderverse thing? Yeah, why, why Leaderverse? And I, I, all three of us are extremely busy. And I, I think for me, there's it seems to be a void of conversation around authentic leadership. And, and this is what I mean by that. I mean, there's a lot of great books, a lot of great materials and what have you. When I look at it, people sometimes confuse management from leadership. And, and so there is a, there's a huge difference. And then there's also a difference between people who have a position of leadership and people who are actually leading. I've been a part of organizations, Drew, you have too, where it's very much leadership by forcing compliance. And, and formal compliance is not leadership. Even though people are doing what you told them to do, that's not leadership. That's just I'm scared of you. I'm I'm nervous of the consequences if I don't comply and click my heels and follow in, you know, rank and file. And so for me, there's two reasons. One, I see a void in the conversation of leadership. Number two, the conversation that is taking place in leadership is so polished and so well documented by a, a select few, the John Maxwells, the Ken Blanchards, the, the Jim Rohns, that it's not raw. It's not authentic. It's not like, I woke up yesterday and I wanted to quit everything, Jesse. <laughs> and so <laughs> what does a leader do on that day? It's like right now the wheels on the bus are falling off of several of my organizations. I don't hear a raw, authentic, gritty conversation about what does the, the, the person on the street do to develop their leadership? So I had a vision and I hope that the three of us got together and said, well, I think this has legs. Let's have a very raw, real conversation about leadership, the good, the bad, the indifferent. And I think all three of us, and we got to be careful because I don't want to unite around a complaint, but we've been front row center to some really bad leadership. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, sorry, Drew, I just about made you just spit out your drink there. But it, it's like, and I don't want to unite around a complaint, but I think that we have a nation, we have a society, and, and we're in the real estate space, we have an industry that has a lot of people with a lot of money that have uh, positions and really are not giving us a great example of leadership. And I'd like to figure that out for myself. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm doing this. What about you, Drew? Why do you want to have a different conversation around leadership? Leadership is one of those things. It's, it's, you can read about it, you can explore it, you can research it. And, and in all of the books that I've read, inevitably, and I'm sure if you're anything like me, you probably had the same experience, you'll read a passage in a book, and you'll think of who is the antithesis, or the opposite of this. Yeah. You know, I've said for years, it's like, you know, how do I make a decision? I, I go back to the days when I was in the military, and I look at the leaders that I was, um, you know, they were supervisors, they had achieved a higher ranking position. So, Lucas, when you're talking about, you know, the way we know many have led, it's they lead by force, not by choice. Yeah. People don't choose to follow them. 
necessarily because of who they are and how they show up in the world. They're following them because of the position and the title, or in, in my case, the rank that that person had achieved. So I've often looked at my military career and said, hmm, what would those leaders have done? And then I do the exact opposite of that. And, and it's not steered me wrong this point in my career. And I think that's where a lot of us, you know, find ourselves is we'll read a book and we'll say, well, that's all well and good. Thanks. Thanks, John, or, or, or whoever the author is. You're not describing who I'm working with. You know, I, I think that when I read uh, Simon Sinek's Leaders Eat Last, I immediately went to, I was like, well, if leaders eat last, why do I feel like I'm in the back of the line? And there are many people ahead of me that I follow in leadership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, I think sometimes leaders have been confused with people who are loud. Just because you're loud doesn't mean you're a leader. Just because you shout louder doesn't mean you're a leader or you're more forceful. There is a difference between power and force. And I know there's a book with that title that there is a huge difference between power and force. Leadership is about power. And I, my concern is there's a lot of force going on. And so I'd like to pull that lid off and say, what do we do now? And how do we help move the ball so that we have a better, the world's a better place? So you both touched on something. You both touched on authenticity. Part of why I feel like we need to have a different conversation around leadership is this. So we all just went through this crazy thing on planet earth called COVID. I'm pretty sure it's over, right? Being a leader of leaders during COVID, we all learned about this thing called burnout, and there's one thing that we're doing as leaders that is causing burnout more than anything else. And it's inauthenticity. We're causing it in ourselves. When we're constantly acting outside of our values, our character, in order to make people do something, manage, change behavior, we're actually burning ourselves and other people out. And it's like dangerous. We might be destroying a whole nother generation of leaders. And so that might be my first reason why we must. And I think the challenge with that, Jesse, is there is a, because th this is the tension is how do I develop and become somebody I'm not today? And at the same time, still staying very integrous and authentic to who I really am and yet still grow and not use my limitations of today to prevent me from tomorrow. And that that's part of the tension of leadership, because I think when we act outside of who we really are created to be, that 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 is awful and yet at the same time who i choose to be in the future is different than i who choose to be right now so how do we manage that tension right it's an interesting statement you know the, the inauthenticity that leads to burnout you, you, it caused me to think of you know character acting and yeah. you know, for some of the best actors and actresses that have performed and and they found at times themselves being character actors and a character actor is where you never leave the part you know, Daniel Day-Lewis, for example, was was notorious for when he did Gangs of New York, he went into the character and he didn't come out until the movie was over. But he, he also describes the impact, the emotional turmoil of that character of being inauthentic. And, you know, Will Smith in his book described a very similar experience where he went in and he became that character. And it was absolutely they, they both described it the same way exhausting mm. so 
there's that inauthenticity that's going to exactly what you said lead to burnout because in many cases people aren't speaking out when they openly disagree with a direction that either their leader or a company or or a business is going. So if if you've ever read, you know, Patrick Lencioni's The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, he describes that trust leads to healthy conflict. Well, healthy conflict is anything ex- it's it's authentic. Mm-hmm. It's authentic conflict of you have an interesting direction. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it. Let me present my point of view. Okay, you know what? Now that we've laid out all sides, we're going to walk out one direction and that everyone can get behind and move forward. And if you're not expressing that, if you're just mirroring or mimicking what other people have said in an organization and you're being inauthentic and you don't necessarily believe with that, yeah, it's, you're you're absolutely going to find yourself in a position where you're just toast and you can't go any further. Mm-hmm. So good. So mm-hmm. good. There's a dysfunctionality that's happening. So when we come into these bad leader conversations, the leaders that are doing stuff just plain wrong and we need to call them out at the center. I think this is John Maxwell that says this at the core of all dysfunction in relationships is a lack of trust. And mm-hmm. so another reason why we need to have this conversation, like as leaders, our people don't trust us completely. And so and we've it's a functionality. And that's right. I think we've, and we've actually earned that. I mean, as leaders, there are times that my insecurity shows up and instead of working with you and you voice a different opinion, I, this is the way it's going to be and, or whatever it is. And so I think it takes massive courage and self-confidence to lead effectively and to be led effectively, because I've also drew been in the situation where somebody who didn't agree with a, a conversation spoke up and did it very inappropriately. They did it out of their yes. own security. So how do we have healthy leadership with healthy followers, healthy leaders who are secure and courageous? You said you just said the operative word courage. Yeah, because you've got to think of the consequences of of lacking courage. And I'm not going to talk about cowardice because that would be judgment. It's just the lacking courage. There's there are things that are worse than the the consequences of speaking your mind. Worst case scenario, you know, okay, you lose your job. Okay. And that would be devastating. I, I appreciate that. But you think of situations where people have lacked courage and not gone against leadership and the consequences. And I don't know why, I just I had this flashback of the 80s. I remember the Challenger explosion. I remember watching it on television and in, in replay over and over and over again. The modern day version would be, you know, something as as dramatic as 9-11, for example. You saw it over and over again and there was no escaping it. And, and in that day, if you've ever watched any documentaries, read or studied, there were people that spoke out. Mm-hmm. And then they allowed their voice to be silent. You should not launch that aircraft. You should not launch that shuttle tomorrow. The temperatures are going to be dangerous. And they spoke out, and yet they allowed their voice to be silenced. There's a part of me that says, you know, can you imagine the the thoughts and the regret that lives in that human being's life if only I had said more? If only I had the courage to hit the panic button or whatever there was at NASA that said, I, I, I may not be able to stop you, but, but everyone will hear my voice until you until you escort me out of the building. I think about that, Drew. What 
what would not have happened, you know, what was running through my mind just now, Rosa Parks. Okay. Sure. That I think mm. about those moments of courage. What would happen if she got up? What would happen if she didn't perform that act of courage? I think about that all the time. It probably would have set the movement back 10 years versus accelerating it like she did. That took tremendous courage. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because we look at Rosa Parks, we look at all the people historically that have had courageous moments. We'll make movies about them. Yes. And yet it is so tough to confidently be courageous in a stand without being angry, ugly, or get out of our own character and our own values. And it is massively needed here now as a leader and as a follower. Well, and there's a reason it's it's so inspiring where it, it set a precedence and something we follow and we aspire to be as yeah. humans is that moment because they didn't set out and said, hey, watch this TikTok. I'm <laughs> going to do something and I want all my viewers to see I'm going to go against the grain. Watch what happens. That was done in silence. It was yeah. done. It, it was done from true courage and true spirit. And it was done without, you know, millions of followers online watching to see what happens. That's that's what made it that authenticity. I'm super excited about this part of the conversation for people. I think that stories of courage are absolutely inspirational and needed right now. So, and the check. problem is the best ones. Drew is exactly right. The best ones are the ones we'll never hear about. You know, it, it's like Rosa Parks. I'm glad we hear we heard about it. But how many other dozens, hundreds of you know, African-American black friends stood up and we didn't write a book about them. They just did the right thing. And maybe it didn't even work out well. Maybe it cost them their lives, right? Yeah. And so I'm betting that the best stories of courage out there, Jesse, are the ones we're not hearing about. Somebody who's just living consistent with their values and saying, this is my vision. We're going to go for that. And okay, you're powerful and loud and got lots of money and you don't agree with me. I'm still going to run my my race, not not your race. You know, thank goodness Jobs didn't surround himself with people who told him that Apple can't be done or he should he's already failed and he shouldn't come back. Or thank goodness that Lincoln didn't surround himself with people saying we need to think through all the economic impact of free emancipating all the slaves. It's like Martin Luther King. I'm thankful that he didn't get around people who say, man, this is going to cost you, buddy. Let's 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 soften the message. So at the same time, a leader still has to stand up while taking in consideration the human valuation still make really rough decisions. So that's kind of the, the yin and yang of that conversation is like, I've been there and I don't like being treated like a chess piece. And yet sometimes my only role in an organization was a chess piece. Historically, who have I had the least success uh, coaching, working with or partnering with the one that just didn't see the value in another human being. That's right. Mm. That's right. That's right. Well, I think that's, that's where leadership really is, is, this is all about human beings. This is you about succeed through others if you don't care enough about others. That's right. This is about a greater good. This is about a cause bigger than ourselves. And so as we build organizations and dive into numbers, people are never just a number, but our numbers are our people. So we study numbers because there's a human behind that number. The only reason why leadership exists is human beings. So don't lose the humanity of leadership. <laughs> A. Brown's definition of leadership, a leader is a person who sees the potential and the value in people and processes and has the courage to call them out. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can be an effective leader or a leader without seeing the value in people and every, but, and literally everyone has value. 
And I think that that's where like the lack of courage kicks in. We talked about is mm-hmm. that in the lack in the lack of courage, I'm going to take care of me and mine. In the uh, in the presence of courage, I'm going to say I'm willing to risk me and mine for the greater good and for the people of my organization and the people of my community and the people of the world, right? Whatever the the canvas is. And I think that the lack of courage comes in it is when I get really self-absorbed and I'm going to take care of me, I'm going to take care of mine, I'm going to take care of my, you know, just my specific world. I think the le- true leadership, as it grows in scope, has to be at its heart, has an individual who's there to serve more people than less people. And that's where like, I, I, I'm not opening this Pandora's box, so don't bite <laughs> That's why I think politics is a problem right now, because politics seems to be, from an outsider's opinion, more about reelection than it is about serving people. To your point, it's it's when you're when you're a me focused leader and it's all about you and it's all about where you're going. It's all about your, you know, at some point in time, you may want to just turn around (laughs) and look at the collateral damage yeah. The emotional wake, the people in therapy yeah. that you really, that you've uh, you've touched, you've touched along the way. It's not we're not set up um, in in our country anyhow to be servant leaders in politics. It's a job. They're fighting for their jobs. Yeah. Um, they're yes. that's that's what it is. And so and it's a it's a lucrative job and it's a powerful job. And so it's it's an addictive job too. So. It's sure easy to be like an armchair quarterback. I mean, it's so easy for us to sit here and we're not in politics and just poke holes. And I'm sure that there are politicians who authentically want to serve the greater good. It just seems like politics is just kind of a metaphor for what we do with leadership. If I've got power, then it's about maintaining the power and surrounding myself with people who will help me maintain the power. And so it leadership is massively challenging. And this is a, this is, a, I don't think that any of us have a desire to take pot shots at those in leadership because it's massively hard mm-hmm. and you are faced with ridiculously difficult you know, decisions and it's immensely lonely. Hence, we want to start a community around, let's get the lonely factor out of there, but let's get the skeletons out of the closet and talk about it, that this is, yeah. this is tough. This, this is, is hard. hard. Will you tell me, I've got my favorite definitions of leadership. Will you define it for me? Everybody seems to have a definition. For me, I I like things really simple. So a leader, for me, a leader is a person who influences people to accomplish a purpose. And so there really, in my mind, there's just three components to a leader. It's a, the person of leadership. How do you influence people and what's your purpose? And so if I could put it into three buckets, that that would be the character of leadership, the skill of influencing people, because if, if nobody is following you, then you, you're a legend and you're an amazing human being. You just might not be a leader right yet. And that if there's not a clear-cut purpose for what you're doing, um, you know, it seems like leaders have those three buckets nailed at, at a pretty high level. That's how I define it. How about you? So leadership to me is, is influence. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do connect with Brene Brown's definition, seeing the value in people and processes and courage to call them out. So you were saying something before when you were talking about the, you were talking a little bit about the mindset of a leader. And what I heard was that um, the mindset of a leader has to be non-scarce. You really do have to have an abundant mindset. And so can you be an effective leader with a scarcity mindset? I don't think so. It, 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 I tell you what, the, the courage that's required here is 
is when, as you step into positions of leadership, let alone, you know, if you really are the leader, but if you have a position, one decision affects so many people. Like, like right now, I'm, mean, you know, things are a mess and there's things that aren't working really well. Well, the easiest decision for me to be is to quit and to stop and to throw in the towel and shut it down or go do something else with my time. And if I choose to do that, it affects other people's lives. And so it's not about me. And I once heard one of my mentors, Jesse, say this, and it was really profound. It was just like in business, my financial needs are met. I never have to work another day of my life. Now I grow and I push forward because I want to create opportunities for other people. I, I'm not growing because I need more money or I need more things to do, or I have a big ego and all those things probably kick into people's decisions. It's like, gosh, I'd love to be able to, it's not just becoming a millionaire, it's creating millionaires. It's not just providing for my family, it's providing for my family and a thousand other families. It's it's how do I make decisions that affect and alter the course of human history in somebody else's life that I may not even know right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we can fix leadership this way. I think you can fix oh. leadership one conversation at a time. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna swing the axe at that tree, and we're gonna keep on swinging it until we knock it down, right? We're gonna do all That's we right. can to, to impact it. And the truth is, Jesse, if people start waking up to the fact that number one, it's really hard. Number two, it requires immense amount of courage. So if you feel scared or you're nervous or you're insecure, welcome to leadership. You know, that, that that you're normal if you're like, I don't know what to do and I'm scared and, and I'm tempted to just start grabbing onto mine and 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 going to scarcity, like you say. Man, that I, I'm hoping that we help people say, okay, that is being a leader. Now what do I do? How do I behave? How do I show up? Put that message on repeat. And the plan that we had yesterday is gone to pot today because something changed or somebody disappointed or somebody changed their mind of what they wanted to do. And 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 now what do I do? What do you do when everybody's looking to you? What next? And there is no plan and you're making it up as you go. And are you at peace with yourself that you're going to show up and do the best you can and be, make smart decisions and stay out of emotion and 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 yet still be emotionally connected to the people and to your own vision for life. I tell you what, Jesse, this is the more we talk about it, the more I'm compelled that we absolutely must get this information and this awareness in the hands of every leader that we can, because you're not alone. It is hard. The answers aren't always clear. Sometimes we're driving in a fog. Sometimes we're building the plane as we're going down toward the earth. We're building a bridge as we cross it, whatever the metaphor is. And it's still worth it because these are the types of leaders that alter the course of human history.